Hey everybody, welcome back to Retirement Clarity Radio. I am your host, Scott Newhouse. Thanks for being with me. Uh, today, I wanna have a, a shorter episode where I talk about uh, a post that I saw in a Facebook group. Um, so I'm a member of a lot of different groups uh, with other financial advisors. We talk about this boring, nitty-gritty stuff about you know all the stuff that we need to do and, and keep track of um, in terms of investments, personal finance, all that stuff. And one of my colleagues posted that he thought he was gonna be losing some clients because these clients, um, had had a big increase in their in their assets, a big increase in their income, and they thought that they needed more sophisticated, more complex investments uh, than what my colleague was recommending. And my colleague was recommending um, and had been recommending the same investments that I have, the same investments I talk about on this channel, which is low-cost, well-diversified index funds. You can... Um, have a great retirement on on those types of funds. Uh, but these clients did not agree with that. They thought that since their income and their assets had increased, they really needed to get more complex. And so I think they were heading on over to Wells Fargo's private services um, to get some access to some private complex investments uh, that my colleague wasn't um, recommending. So let's just completely forget the fact that Wells Fargo will fraudulently open up uh, investment accounts and other types of accounts on your behalf so, so that they can hit their sales quota. We'll just throw that off to the side and just talk about these private complex investments. Um, unfortunately, this, this is one of the biggest misconceptions that when you get wealthier, when your assets go up um, by a certain point, that the complexity of your, your investments also needs to increase. That at a certain level, your investments um, require something different than low-cost index funds. Um, unfortunately, also, this is a myth that is perpetuated uh, by Wall Street and the financial services industry, um, honestly, to justify their higher fees because they want to pay more, excuse me, they want to receive more than what they could receive uh, managing some kind of index fund because not a lot of money to be made managing index funds, but there's a lot, lot, lot of money uh, to be made when you're actively managing uh, people's money. So one of the most popular types of private complex investments is a hedge fund. Now, a hedge fund requires you to have in, you know, an income of 200000 or more, as well as investable assets of like a million dollars or more. And, and there's different requirements for different hedge funds, but that's the bare minimum. Um, so that's one of the most popular private investments. Um, the problem with these types of funds, as I was reading my uh, trusty Wall Street Journal last week, and let me see if I can share this headline. So we're going to talk about Tiger uh, Global Hedge Fund. I don't know if you can see that whole thing there. Um, so Tiger Global Hedge Fund is a well, was a really well-run uh, hedge fund that was outperforming all of the indexes, um, which I should add, you know, when everything's going up like it has been over the last 10 years in the U.S. stock market, um, I'm not going to say it's easy to outperform the indexes, but it's it's definitely possible to outperform the index. The problem is when things go south, is that hedge fund uh, going to be able to perform just as well? And as I just showed you on that headline, and this is one of the top hedge funds in the world, so far this year, they are down 52%. And so, you know, you and I in our low-cost index funds, maybe we're down 15, 20% so far this year. They're down 52%. Um, and so all of those gains that they've made those last couple of years, they've basically given them away um, through, uh, through uh, going through a bear market, going through a down market, which is not as easy to invest in um, when you're doing those single stocks. Um, another hedge fund uh, that I was researching uh, is called Melvin Capital. And Melvin Capital was doing great. 
just like uh, Tiger Global Fund until it wasn't doing great. And then every and then the bottom dropped out uh, from them. And so last year, when the S&P 500, a big broad-based index, was up 28%, uh, Melvin Capital was down 39%. Um, so just think about that difference. That's like a 60 uh, you know, 70% difference between what the S&P 500 did uh, to the downside. Um, and then so far this year, Melvin Capital was down 23%. Um, but since they're a hedge fund, they have a little more leeway in, in, in how they operate. You know what they decided to do um, when they were down 23%? They decided to shut down the hedge fund because they were not making uh, money and they just wanted to stop uh, doing it. So they kind of left all of their investors um, kind of defend for themselves and figure out what's next. Um, and and frankly, the way the hedge fund um, pricing and, and fee structure works is that, yes, there is a management fee that they get paid, but there's also a performance fee that get, they get paid. So if their investments are performing, they're going to get a cut of whatever they are doing on the upside. But since there's no upside, they're not getting that performance fee. And so that's why they decided uh, to shut uh, down uh, in one of the reasons why they decided to shut down. Um, lastly, in terms of hedge funds, um, I do want to say that I found another article that last year, the top 20 hedge funds uh, returned an average of 10.5% uh, rate of return. Um, and as I just mentioned, the S&P 500 last year was up by itself around 28%. Now, I don't want you only invest in the S&P 500, uh, but my point here is that um, the 20 best hedge funds in the entire U.S. in 2021 drastically, drastically underperformed um, what uh, a low-cost index fund would have been able to do. And so when I, when I hear these... Um, when I hear you know that post uh, from my colleagues, clients, soon to be former clients, they want to get more complex. I think of stories like this. I think of the best head funds in the world not even being able to keep up uh, with low-cost index funds, um, and then I also think about how they're just paying way, way more in fees um, to those actively managed hedge funds than they would to the low-cost index funds. So what I am saying to you all is let's just keep things simple. If we can keep everything simple, our fees are going to be less, our returns are likely to be higher um, because as this experience has shown me, it's shown us, um, as Warren Buffett says, you only learn who has been swimming naked when the tide goes out. In other words, it's really easy to outperform uh, the indexes when everything's going up and up and up. Um, but when things go south, when things get a little bit tougher, that's when the bottom falls out as it's happened to these multiple hedge funds that we've talked about today and as we see um, with the broader hedge fund industry overall. So keep things simple. You do not need to get more complex the older you get. Um, you do not need to get more complex the more assets you have. You know, Once you get over a million bucks, 500,000 bucks, whatever that benchmark is, there's no reason to change what's been working. Um, and then even if your income does go, goes up as well, you don't need to change the complexity of your investments. So I hope that's helpful and I hope you all have a great week. See ya. Bye. Thanks again for listening. As a reminder, you should consult with a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this podcast is a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. 
any mentions of rate of return are hypothetical in nature and not a guarantee of future returns. Scott Newhouse, CFP, is an investment advisor representative of Forthright Finances, a California and Nevada registered investment advisor.